Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Greetings, wrestling with the inner man listeners. I know it has been six months since I posted any new content, so let me give you a quick update first. I had a little inner man wrestling match of myself on my future as a podcaster. At the end of February, the radio station wanted me to renew my contract for the on-air show for another year, a significant expense. I wasn't sure about the listenership for the radio show, and they had no way of providing any data, so I decided to end the radio broadcast and not renew that contract. I could measure the podcast download numbers on the hosting site, Omni, which the radio station used, which gave me some metrics on podcasting, so I thought, uh, well, we'll see what happens, and I'll just keep it alive without adding new content. I migrated my entire two-year library, there's 91 episodes out there, to Buzzsprout, as the hosting site and reduced expenses significantly. To my great surprise, podcast listeners have downloaded over 1,000 episodes on the Buzzsprout platform with zero marketing. That means organic curiosity and sharing have given me belief that there is an appetite for more content. So thank you, listeners. I no longer have recording studio access, so any new episodes will be more do-it-yourself from home with a high-quality mic and the Apple GarageBand software, which is what I'm experimenting with here today. So here goes, my first home-produced show, and since I have no guest for this trial balloon, it is only fitting that I do my monologue talking about my favorite TV show on the History Channel, Alone. If you are not familiar with the show, it is billed as the most intense survival series on television. No cameras, no camera crews, no gimmicks. It is the ultimate test of human will. They just finished season 10, and I'm convinced that it is the best show on television, hands down. And I want to give you my top 10 reasons to support this claim. Now, every episode of Wrestling with the Inner Man must center around something we as men struggle with. Perhaps the number one issue today that men of all ages struggle with is accepting personal responsibility. We live in a culture of blame. And many people today hope to gain something for nothing because they have been offended or slighted by others. And I don't need to give you examples of that, but they abound you know, throughout society and uh, the news every night. So let's get on with our top 10. So number 10, why alone is the best show on television? It's because every participant is alone. There is no one else to blame available. I love that. The show is all about accepting personal responsibility for every decision, good or bad, that each participant makes. The first decisions required for every show, every season, are choosing the 10 survival items each contestant is allowed to bring with them. When you only get 10 items and you must build a shelter, start fires, acquire food, keep warm, stay dry, and everything else to survive by yourself for approximately two months or longer in a remote locale as winter approaches, a lot of thought goes into selecting those 10 items. There are no stores to pick up something uh, if you discover you needed it, but if you find something washed up or left behind there in the wild, you are able to use it. From old boats to plastic containers and rope, 
nails, all kinds of things that the contestants have found are useful, you know, and they can forge around and see what they can find and they can use whatever they find. Now, reason number nine alone is the best show on television is that the plot is so engrossing and almost every season has surprises and twists that the viewer could never have anticipated. So you've got people that you think are doing great and they tap out or there's some surprise situation like an injury or an illness and that takes people out. So it does keep you uh, guessing and you don't really know, you know, who's going to be the one who wins the show and, and lasts the longest. So each season begins with an episode introducing us to the 10 contestants. We meet their families, learn a little bit about them and their qualifications as survival experts, see what 10 items they have chosen and hear them describe what has motivated them to be on the show. We also learn a little bit about their survival strategy, and there are many different ones. Some eat a great deal to put on significant weight prior to the beginning of the show, and everyone understands how difficult food acquisition will be and how important it is to lasting long on the show. So living off your own body fat you know, is certainly a, a, a strategy, and, and many contestants do that, but some don't. Some contestants are very knowledgeable about edible plants. Of course, you don't want to get the wrong ones, mushrooms or something to make you sick, and that can take you off the show, so you better know what you're doing there. And you might not know the edible plants where the show is taking place versus, you know, where you've spent most of your time learning, you know, the outdoors uh, around your home or wherever they're living and experiencing their survival training. Some are more expert in hunting or fishing, so they've had hunting guides and people who are expert in fishing. Others are focused on trapping and snares to expend less energy, and that, that's really smart because a snare or a trap or a gill net is going to be working for you all the time out there, 24-7, and you're not having to be there you know, with it. You just have to be regular about checking your trap or your snare or your gill net. So in addition to many plot strategies, the viewer also has a chance to learn a great deal from many different aspects of survival training. Just another plus and uh, another reason why I find the shows very entertaining. So reason eight alone is the best show on television is we see firsthand how people develop and deal with drop shock. So that's kind of a new term to you. You know, these people, you know, they're they're kind of brought in. They're really taught for, I think, a week ahead of the show on how to use all this camera equipment so they can record themselves and set it up on tripods. And then, you know, they meet the other contestants and it's all pretty exciting. And then suddenly this boat drops them off. They got their 10 items in a backpack and, uh, you know, a, a package full of camera gear. And it's see you later. And they wave goodbye. And it's kind of exciting, you know, when they show that footage. But then it's like, oh, my God. It's real. This is this is really happening. And I don't really know what to do first because there are so many things, you know, going through your mind in any survival situation about what to do first. And you don't want to make a mistake because they could be very costly. Most of us are never totally alone for much time and are we're far from shelter and food. Even these survival experts experience drop shock when the boat motors off and they're left standing there on the lakeshore. They aren't too sure where to begin. Sometimes weather dictates immediate shelter needs, but to remain longer term, you need to choose your shelter location wisely. You need to be close to water, but away from constant wind, for example. Firewood supply, food sources like uh, close to fishing or your trap lines. You're not having to hike up a hill or a mountain, you know, to go uh, check your food stores or where you can procure that food or hunt. Low spots could pool or flood when it rains. You know, it's easy to be indecisive because you don't want to make an early mistake. Nature is cruel and certain in narrowing your choices quickly. 
I can tell you that just from my own uh, survival experiences. And, you know, I haven't been out there for two months straight in the winter uh, and, and since Saskatchewan, Canada, like this, this show was this season. Soon you'll have to make a clear decision confidently that lose, fail or win. You've decided that this action is calculated to be your very best choice and I'm good with it either way. So it's really a full commitment. And we don't see that very much on anything. Uh, we see politicians put issues back to voters when we've elected them and they hear the uh, the testimonies and things. And so there's a lot of uh, kicking the can down the road, you know, and budget issues and everything. So to see someone just full on commit and say, OK, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I'm all in on this. And I think of it as like playing a game of Texas Hold'em. You know, if you're a poker player, sometimes the other players force you to go all in sooner than you would like. And they just push that whole chip pile and they're like, OK, I'm all in. Then you have to decide, OK, am I all in? And if you are and you lose, you're out of chips. Game over. <laughs> so the consequences can be uh, you know, pretty severe, but it's the uh, the clarity of decision making and commitment that I find also, you know, just refreshing. It's just refreshing to see. So reason number seven is the intimate first-person character development. In the early episodes, we were learning more about each contestant and their personalities from their own interactions with the camera. The camera becomes their companionship. They can replay footage of themselves back and use it for mirror, for personal grooming. Uh, sometimes, uh, I'm sure they do a little bit of editing, perhaps themselves, but certainly the editors of the show, and they'll... They'll do like funny little things uh, that I've been entertained with, too, where one guy had a, a cup of berries and then he wore a hat and kind of pretended he was a different character and just played two characters himself over how he was making fun of himself being uh, basically out of food except for this cup of berries. But the producers, they're great at editing, I'm sure, lots of footage, you know, to those funny stories that they tell while they're going about their camp chores of chopping firewood, boiling water weaving a gill net or reconnoitering, you know, their area for game signs. The early episodes are chatty and they are explaining themselves and their strategies while they're, while they're doing something. And most of this is the beginning of loneliness and boredom with no other people around. So they're really beginning to interact with the camera and that's us, the audience. So it's really kind of cool. Like we're there. In some cases, certain contestants who are excellent at shelter or food acquisition are very uncomfortable with endless hours of dealing with their own thoughts. And this is a real issue. And I, I saw this actually uh, unfold in the pandemic when we didn't have sports or other entertainment. People really didn't know what to do with themselves. And you're having to sit there and think a little bit about relationships, your family, uh, things that maybe you've been trying to evade by keeping yourself busy or distracted. So uh, that happens for sure on this show. And I've seen really strong contestants uh, tap out early because of it. Relationships are beginning to be assessed, past mistakes are surfacing and demanding processing. And that's a fact. They do demand processing. And people are beginning to miss spouses and children badly. They're allowed to keep one photo if they want, and some people have it. But then if you're sitting there just staring at that photo, it really weakens your mind and your resolve to stay out there. So there's really pros and cons of that. So we're getting to know the characters on a personal level and deciding who we want to root for. Reason six is the emotion we feel with their crushing failures or exhilarating victories. And this is really true when you're watching these people. Uh, people on the show who are doing extremely well, who uh, having killed a beaver, for example, for a great food source, had to tap out due to some parasite that contaminated that food and gave them uh, severe abdominal problems. 
Others have injured themselves and had to be medically removed for a premature end of their season. Some have accidentally burned down their shelter and were so defeated that they tapped out because they didn't think they could. They didn't have the actual physical energy and strength after you know not eating for a long period of time to, to construct a shelter. Misfortune is a fickle creature with no rhyme or reason. All of these disasters are unforeseen and we agonize with them as they deliberate on their decision to tap out. It's really tough watching them, you know, kind of go through it, but it's also great when they overcome it. So throughout all 10 seasons, contestants have had to cope with food stolen by animals from foxes uh, getting to their snares where they'd caught a rabbit first and they just find a bloody carcass or a little bit that's left there. A wolverine stealing all the fat from a moose kill or otters stealing fish. Food is so hard to procure and it is so psychologically devastating when it gets stolen. And, and I think that we as humans really underestimate that every other animal out there is trying to survive too. And it's just as hard for them. <laughs> and I think that's really interesting, you know, when you see it plan out because that's not something we're very aware of when we just go to the grocery store and can uh, buy food that's already been butchered and processed and everything for us. So this season, you know, uh, th you know, like finding a, a huge fish in a gill net or catching one hand, you know, one on a hand line, snaring rabbits or shooting a grouse with a bow and arrow are jubilant victories. We cheer along with our contestants. So, you know, when they do have success, they're so thankful. They're so grateful and appreciative. And they, they thank the animal. And they, it's really quite reverent. You know, they, they actually, uh, and I, that reminds me of the Indian culture where, you know, thank you for your life. And, you know, then they have to skin it or pluck it or, you know, process it, you know, where they can begin eating it. And, you know, after they uh, cook it and prepare it. And they do not waste a thing. They use every little aspect of it to, uh, you know, maybe for bait for fish, you know, from the guts to, I mean, nothing is wasted. And so uh, that's also interesting just to see how resourceful people are and how nothing is wasted. So this season, a professional hunting guide named Kane, he loses all of his arrows or in his quiver fairly early in the season and his entire strategy banked upon big game hunting and successful large animal food sources. He didn't put on weight ahead of the show like a lot of the other contestants because he believed he could use his skills to get a bear because there was a lot of bear, you know, known to be in this habitat. And uh, by losing his entire quiver of arrows, you know, he was just he was just devastated. And I so related to his frustration and feeling, you know, completely defeated as he was kind of, you know, going through all this. And he went back and looked, you know, where did it come off when he was kind of stalking and going through the woods and he, he couldn't find him. But he overcame it. He talked it out with himself on camera and gave himself the Winston Churchill never, never, never give up speech. And then he manufactured new arrows from uh, from branches and materials that he'd found that were like parts of uh, cans that he had cut up that he used for arrow points. And then he successfully killed a few grouse with them. And it was just it was really something to see him overcome it and then the uh the jubilation and the the just the exhilaration of of overcoming that that significant adversity when he you know could have just tapped out and it just demonstrates incredible resilience and i think that's something we all want to cheer for when we see it in in any aspect whether it's in sports or on tv or however and this isn't the kind of television, you know, that you see on a show like Big Brother which is so shallow and a lot of these other reality tv shows this was an example of raw courage and a will to overcome adversity, and it was real. 
I was rooting for him hard, but his weight loss and starvation symptoms were too much to overcome, so he had to tap out after passing out for an hour. I think it was actually due to dehydration because you also have to boil your water in. So he just fell over, and, and you know they showed the camera <laughs> for an hour, and then he, he finally came to, and then he realized, you know what, I, I'm, uh, I'm in pretty poor health. I'm going to need to go ahead and make the wiser decision long-term as a father and such. So reason four alone is the best show on television is watching the contestants dwindle down in number over time with each having to go through this psychological process of rationalizing their decision to tap out like I just described, you know, with Cade. So listeners, this is an epic interman wrestling match that is so universal in life for almost all of us. We have a plan. We then discover that circumstances or resources are not what we had assumed when we had made that plan. Whether it's career plans, family plans, home plans, any kind of plans. And the more invested we are in those plans, the harder it is to abandon them. And many times we can't properly see the negative consequences of stubbornness when it's time to like, okay, we got to give up on that plan and we got to adapt. On the show, participants must be able to objectively assess their own health, mentally, physically, emotionally. It's sacred ground to watch another person reason this out with themselves to try to make the best decision long term. Some contestants have been surprised at their own mental processing of their lives relationships, and priorities. They understand that the prize money isn't what they really needed most from being on the show. They need closure with deceased relatives or self-forgiveness about alcohol abuse or some other deep emotional wound. And that's also just, we know people who are going through these things that haven't processed them and then to see them process it, make the decision to tap out without winning and then be completely content that they got what they needed out of the experience is just richly rewarding to the individual and to us as the viewers. Season 10 had one of the last two people tap out with abundant food. He achieved, you know, what he needed. And I just couldn't believe that his name was Wyatt, that he was the one who tapped out and then uh, made Alan the winner on the show uh, because he had, he had caught this huge pike and most of the other people were out of food. But he achieved what he needed. You know, he, he was the one who had uh, been drinking a lot and, you know, basically dealt with all those demons, you know, during his 63 plus days, you know, out there by himself. And these these self-film moments are so poignant and private. And we, as the viewers, are let into this very sensitive world where people are being so vulnerable and honest. And it's while he's sawing wood and doing their other chores. And it's just, uh, it's really cool because it's like, we're really there. I tell you, there's nothing else on it, on television like it, and it's extremely uplifting. So reason three is similar to reason four, except it is watching how those who go on, who continue on, and they're suffering <laughs> in spite of the cold, the loneliness, the boredom, the hunger, because they have found a strength inside of themselves that they did not know they had. From a psychological perspective, this is the deepest level we can observe in another person. And we can only admire and respect them for it. We are asking ourselves, how can they keep going? I would have chosen comfort and food a long time ago. You know, what is driving them to continue? You know, they have this little beacon. They can just press that button, but they don't. I can honestly say in watching all 10 seasons that I have found the deepest respect and admiration for every single contestant that has gone for more than 30 days. 
I find inspiration and strength in what they have done. And I actually call upon that when I'm kind of uh, complaining or uh, feeling uh, unhappy about some of my circumstances. And you're like, wow, those people were able to do this. And so it's it's like an example that you can call upon for strength yourself. And it's biblical. Think about this. In the Bible, in James chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I ask you, listeners, where else can you see people encountering trials to produce endurance? You just don't see that anywhere else. And the idea is that you become perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And that would, you know, we're never perfect, but these people, every one of them, you know, as they uh, leave the the show, seem like they have so much more clarity about what they're going to do with their lives, you know, after the show. These people deserve endorsement deals for outdoor products and much more for putting themselves out there so vulnerably for us to watch. Reason two is that every season gets down to the final two or three contestants and there is a big relationship inventory taken. After being alone, cold and starving, not only for food but for companionship, all of the finalists reflect on the importance of the other people in their lives and express gratitude for those people. Because that's when they're really getting their loneliest. They're having to spend more time in their shelters because it's cold. They're by themselves. They can't really go out and do much searching for food. And they're just trying to hang in there, surviving, you know, day by day near the end of the contest. Many times it is for those people, those relationships that they can hold on to make someone proud or to help them financially achieve a dream with the prize money. The young Asian doctor dedicated his efforts to his mother in one of the earlier seasons and promised himself to spend more time with her after the show. Some must be medically removed against their wishes because they are so committed to, for example, the autistic child who needs counseling, uh, counseling funding or, you know, for, or other deep purpose. And this was Mikey on this last season's show. I was just so impressed with him as he carved toys for his son and he sat there and just told us about it how much he loved his son and that son is going to be so appreciative to have that to refer back to and look at over and over again how much his dad you know loved him and how how much he suffered and was eating rats you know to uh, to try to make it and this guy was six five weighed over 300 pounds when that thing started and he was having uh, nothing but rats that he was catching these little deadfall traps toward the end these people are putting their lives in danger you know from frostbite uh permanent eye and dental health problems, you know, because they are so committed and it's heartbreaking to see them taken out without winning, but they are beginning to understand that they need help in making that decision for them. They're so committed. They don't want their family member or child or whoever they're dedicating their effort to, to think that they quit. And so they need help in making that decision, you know, for their, their best, uh, long-term health. And finally, reason one is the pure joy and celebration of the eventual winner When a loved one is flown out to the location to inform them they have won. They are the last one remaining and have won the prize. You know, I have to admit that I have cried myself for the winner on more than one occasion. They, uh, what they'll usually do is they'll have medical checks, you know, that are getting late because they're all losing so much weight and, and they'll have a medical check and they're pretty worried about it. You know, they're like, man, am I going to be taken off medically? And they don't know if anybody else is still around or not. And so... While they're doing the medical evaluation, they have their loved one come kind of sneak up behind them. And then 
that moment, you know, of uh, the reveal that they won the show with their loved one there is just, it's, it's just really, really heart-wrenching and beautiful. It's just beautiful to watch. And that's why it's the best show on television. So those are my top ten reasons why Alone is the best show on television. And over the course of a season, you know, we get to watch those people wrestle with their inner selves on many, many levels. We get to learn survival skills. We get to watch, as the wide world of sports used to call it, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. We get to know the characters on a deeply personal level and share their experiences. And perhaps what is most important, though, is we learn that relationships are truly the oxygen that each and every one of us needs to successfully survive and thrive in this world. And that's really the common conclusion is we all need other people. It's my prayer that each of you are cultivating and nurturing your important relationships. Check out my favorite TV show and see if you don't agree that it's the best show on television. Alone, it's a great show, but it's not a very good way to go through life. Life is a team sport. Thank you for being a listener. And if you want to hear more episodes of this podcast, please download it and share it with others or send me an email at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com to suggest other topics or guests so that I know that I'm not just alone here recording things by myself and no one's out there listening. So let me just say a brief prayer here to close and to say, uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the relationships that we have in our life and especially our relationship with you as our Lord and Savior. And if we have uh, broken relationships, just help us to have the humility to reach out and repair those relationships. Because as we see with these contestants in the end, that's really what matters. You, you cannot survive alone. And it, we need to go through life together with others and especially with other men as iron sharpens iron. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.